What's up, game geeks and tech junkies? Welcome to A Gaming Moment, a weekly 30-minute podcast about everything gaming and streaming related, including the news, tech, and software behind it. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram so you can engage with us, as well as find out when we're streaming the podcast and get a first listen before it goes out across all of your favorite podcasting platforms. I'm Dagan07, and with me, as always, is Wild Twins Fan. And at last, Wildy, we finally, finally, finally... Got to see the release of the new 30 series NVIDIA cards, and boy, oh boy, did they not disappoint. Yeah, they. NVIDIA on September 1st finally announced the 30 series card that everyone has been anticipating for a while. These cards are huge, and it's a big step up from the previous generation. So much so that this generation's current lowest card, the 3070, is better than last generation's 2080 Ti flagship. This hasn't happened since 2004, and that's all the more reason for this hype. For one, I'm super stoked about this release, and the fact that I can get a card that's better than the 2080 Ti for less than half the cost, that's all the more reason for me to build a new machine, which, now with this release, I have a great excuse to do so. I think with my current 2nd gen Ryzen 5 processor and my B450 board, I won't be able to get the max out of my machine just by upgrading the GPU. I don't want my CPU and PCIe lanes to be my bottleneck. What specs are you looking to build, Wildy? Right now, all I know is I'm trying to hold out for DDR5. I got the last gen of Intel's 1150 chipset, and with my 4790K, I have the single best CPU offered in that chipset. To upgrade right now, I need more than just a CPU. I need a new motherboard and RAM. So pretty much a new computer. So I got that hanging over my head. For now, I'm confident I'll be going forward with a minimum of a 3070, depending on the availability, maybe even a 3080. The rest will be decided that when the day comes that either my 4790K can't keep up or DDR5 drops. What are you looking to build, Day? For the core of my build, I'm looking to get an AMD Ryzen 9 3600X, an X570 motherboard. Obviously, I'm going to want to liquid cool this because I think the processor runs a little bit hot, hotter than what I would want for uh, a heat sink with a fan. I'm also going to get 32 gigs of DDR4 3200 memory, and I'm, I'm going to go with the 3070. I don't think I need much more than the 3070. Those are some pretty good specs, but why not the 3080 day? Well, with this card being better than the flagship 2080 Ti, I don't think it's quite necessary for what I'm going to use it for. I don't plan on gaming at 1440p or 4K immediately, or probably even within the next year or so, but I'm actually more interested in the ray tracing and RTX voice, and it's going to be a huge step up over my current RX 590 anyways. I do enjoy video editing on the side, and if you guys haven't seen our promo for the charity event that we're doing next month to support the American Association for Cancer Research, you should check that out. Yeah, Dave, you did a great job in that video. During the week of October 18th, we're going to be running a charity event to support the American Association for Cancer Research and their gaming branch, Players vs. Cancer. You can learn more about our event at gamingmoment.com forward slash charity and learn more about Players vs. Cancer at playersvscancer.org. Help us play to end cancer. We've already gained a lot of support for this campaign from our community and our friends. It's been exciting to see the interest building for this upcoming charity event. For sure, the NVIDIA cards was a really big story, but another huge story this week actually comes out of India. 
Yeah, India is banning PUBG Mobile and another 118 apps that are said to either be based or linked to China. India has banned TikTok, WeChat, and PUBG Mobile and almost 200 more since June, suggesting there was a security issue. Country officials claim that the action will safeguard mobile and internet users. News reports suggest the bans might be more related to the escalating tensions between India and China over an ongoing border dispute, which is currently escalating between the two countries due to poor definition of the actual border. PUBG Mobile is released by Tencent, a Chinese gaming company, and PUBG Mobile is one of India's biggest mobile games. This is a huge hit to India's gamers. I didn't think PUBG Mobile was that big of a deal, but apparently it is. But now that I'm thinking about it, everyone owns a mobile device and the game is free. So that makes sense that the game would be wildly popular. But apparently, Wildy, just in the first half of this year, PUBG Mobile was downloaded over 54 million times and just last month alone generated over $2.2 million in revenue, earning the most among India's top 20 mobile games. Yeah, PUBG Mobile is huge in India, and I really feel for those players who have had their favorite game yanked from their fingers. Hopefully, they can find a solution to play again soon. With the U.S. government taking on TikTok, I worry about our gaming future. Tencent is so huge with their fingers in so many games and companies, they are forced to be reckoned with in the gaming world. Yeah, I'd be curious to see where this is going to go here in the future, especially with TikTok and the discussions that's going on with the U.S. government and that we're going to have to, you know, kind of keep our eyes peeled and kind of sit at the edge of our seats to see what's going to go on. So, Wildy, what else did you see this week? Microsoft finally announced the specs and the prices for their Xbox Series S and the Xbox Series X. The Series S is going to be released at $299 with roughly a third of the performance of the Series X. These are some really good specs from a console. Definitely comparable to some very modern PC specs. Both consoles are running an 8-core AMD Ryzen 2nd uh, Gen CPU, which is comparable to like a Ryzen 7 2700X, which is actually really crazy for a console. Both are running AMD's new RDNA 2 GPUs. The Xbox Series X is running 52 CUDA cores with 12 teraflops, while the Series S is running only 20 CUDA cores and only 4 teraflops of GPU power. So there's a pretty big distinct difference in the graphics capability between the two. Some other differences is the Xbox Series X will run 4K at 60 frames per second and it'll run games at up to 120 frames versus the Series S will only be able to run 1440 up to 1440p at 60 frames a second. So those are those are really the notable differences between the two. And being that the the Series X is only $200 more than the Series S, I think it's a better investment to upgrade to the Series S. And anyway, for me, the Series S looks like an Xbox One X with a giant black spot on the top, about the size of a disc where the cooling fan sits. But the cool thing is I do see some potential modding opportunities to turn that into maybe like an RGB fan or something, but we'll leave that to the case modders out there. Yeah, we know you exist, and we'd love for you to send us pics of your work. I do feel like Sony has a $300 console covered too, so I expect to see one announced. But I, for one, am a little shocked to see a new-gen console for only $300. 
I thought those days were gone with the Xbox One launch price of 500 But my gripe being that the storage space of 500 gigs isn't enough. This year's COD alone is 200 plus gigs for a full game. And so I think that's about the majority of your hard drive space right there. So with people buying the S-Series, I think they can expect some trade-offs on storage space. And or I think they can expect to cough up some more cash down the road to expand their available storage. For me, I'm excited to see where this console is going to go. I mean, yeah, I'll fanboy and be one of the first to get it. I'm due for an upgrade anyway. And the Series X being at the $500 price point, sold. So yeah, the wife is already waiting to pre-order it. I'll be sure to do a better job streaming off my console when I get it so you guys can enjoy it too. And uh, you'll have to follow me on Twitch to see it. But for the time being, I'll be working on my mouse skills with a new app Logitech just launched. This week, Logitech launched a beta for Logitech Gaming. Their new Playmaster software is here to help you get good at Counter-Strike, and the website is getting worked. I was able to get on and test things out earlier today, but last time I tried to get on, I got a message that the server's overloaded and to try again. There's like a series of eight tests that'll give you a score rank, and then it'll set you up on a series of tests to help build up your skill level. I'm definitely going to put some time and effort into this and see what I can do for my skill. That being said, I haven't played a lot of CSGO and I'm not good at it. But I think it's a higher skill level than PUBG and I really think it can help me be a better mouse and keyboard player. Since I'm relatively new to the mouse and keyboard with about six years of experience and a real solid three now that I've been like a dedicated mouse and keyboard player. Welcome to Playmaster. Playmaster is a training space for CSGO that is tailored to your skill level. You'll start with the baseline test to evaluate your starting skill. This can take around 30 minutes to complete. Complete all tests to get your starting rank and compare your performance to pros and other players. Once baseline is over, Playmaster's AI will recommend the next challenge you should complete. Keep following the recommendations to work on the skills that matter the most. Oh, and don't shoot the chickens. No one ever shoots the chickens. During your training journey, your profile page will offer in-depth analysis and insights so you can track your progress. Push your skills with Playmaster. Start your baseline test now. I think this is a sweet thing Logitech has done, and we should see the effects of this pretty soon. I mean, this should help across the board with any first-person shooter. This will help with flicks, reaction times, and in general, just let you fine-tune your mouse. You're actually getting actionable data versus some of the other FPS training games. And this is a good thing Logitech did and a good way to market their mice as the most customizable. But I'm biased as I own a Logitech mouse and I love the thing. I'll be putting probably too much time into this, but that's what you got to do to get good and stay in the game longer. Just as long as Super Mario has been in the game. Hey, yeah, Super Mario's turns 35. Classic Mario gameplay turns into a 35-player battle royale, similar to Tetris 99. This game will only be playable until March 31st, 2021, but each player is going to be given the same time stage, but you have to defeat enemies to earn extra time and attack your opponents. Looks to be a blast for Mario fanatics. As I've mentioned, I've loved me some Tetris over the years. I remember the epic player versus player battles we had back in the day with our Game Boys. I just like this and I think it's a really neat concept. I'm also a terrible Mario player, so I'll probably just be rooting for my son to win, but I'll also enjoy watching it. Now, I'm not knocking this because I think this is a great idea, but wouldn't this be Super Smash Bros. Battle Royale? 
Nintendo, I'll take 1% royalty, please. Uh, thank you very much. I think it would be a cool meta and draw more people back to this console and entice people to purchase Nintendo's subscription and bring back the damn game link. A post on Reddit subreddit Asshole Designs had close to 100,000 upvotes this past week. It also caused EA to apologize for putting in full screen ads in UFC 4. An EA spokesperson wrote in the Reddit post that the team had turned on ad placements in the game during the replay moments and that while this type of advertising is not new to UFC, they said the integration of ads in the replay and overlay experience will not be reappearing in the future. I know it seems like we beg on EA all the time, and it's true because we do, because they deserve it. Especially after pulling stunts like this. So convenient that they add the ads to a full price $60 game a month after release. This is a pretty shitty thing to do to their user base. If they're going to put ads in their games, then they should at least lower the cost. Advertisers pay for ads, so you're going to pay me to see your BS ads? This isn't a free mobile game where ads support the developers. This is just a way of promoting your other games that some people don't even really care about. If I've spent 60 bucks on the UFC game, I better not have to watch ads between fights or other screens. Get it out! Fire the whack job that came up with the idea, fire the whack job that approved the idea, and fire the whack job developer for implementing it and not pushing back. Guys, if you've been enjoying the podcast and would like to support us so we can keep creating more content, we've started a Patreon that you can visit at patreon.agamingmoment.com. Become a patron and gain exclusive benefits such as early access to episodes, monthly AMAs, and an additional monthly bonus episode. So sign up today. So Dave, we do have a follow-up this week, and it kind of comes together with a couple different topics that we've touched on previous weeks, so I thought we'd hit on this again a little bit. Yeah, Dr. Disrespect came out this week talking about his anxiety problems over his Twitch ban. I feel like I need to talk to you guys right now about how I've been really feeling about everything. I've played sports my whole life. I've been in high-pressure situations, free throws, a game on the line, obviously streaming in front of tons of people with the game on the line and knockdown. Man, oh man, I'm telling you right now, we lived a good life, okay? And I'm telling you, I've never dealt with anxiety before. I never have. I'm usually just like, excuse me, move, move aside, move along. You know, we, we, we sort of overcome a lot of stuff in the past, right? And we've gotten to such a good point, ladies and gentlemen, Champions Club. We got to such a good point. I mean, I'm talking all cylinders firing. The conscious just feels extremely just incredible. And then to have that taken away from you and to not know why and to not know anything about it, not to be told nothing. Boom. Taken. Grabbed. Everything we built. All the eggs in one bucket. Boom. Taken away. The fact that I am here live on YouTube, it's been a fantastic return. I'm telling you, it is. But my anxiety levels are, are, are it's something that comes in these huge waves and I'm, I'm having a hard time dealing with it. I'll, I'll be right, I'll be honest. It was taken away from us. I, you know? And I don't, f- and to not know why, I, I am just... Man, it's a lot of people think they, hey, the numbers are fantastic. Yeah, the numbers are nuts, crazy, which is fantastic. But I I just, you know, we've come back before through adversity. We've come back because you know why it was on me. 
I accepted the responsibility. It was on me, but there was an opportunity to come back. Right? How do I... What do I accept in this case? I don't accept anything. And there's nothing I could do about it. You know? We've been thrown out and, and things are just getting... It, it's being able to have tournaments or play with people that we used to play with, all that stuff. Granted, I never needed anybody to play with. Like, we didn't start my streaming career playing with... Been solo. You know? That's what we do, Champions Club. But it just... uh uh, I'm just, uh, it comes in waves. So just so you know. So there might be days where the dock seems off, feels off. We're just, we're trying to learn. We're trying to learn the dark alleyway, man. We're trying to get out of it. Uh, anyways, I, I wanted to say that. So to think that I, I'm, I'm here and I'm just kind of like moving on. I'm not, I, I can't. <laughs> how, how can I? I'm trying. How, but how, how can, how can I? This took a lot of guts to go on stream in front of tens of thousands of people and say this. I've said this before, love him or hate him, Doc is a real person with real people problems. I mean, sure, his problems are first world problems, but we're talking about someone's career, his main source of income. It's like someone taking something you've worked so hard for, you're living right out from under you, leaving you with absolutely nothing. I actually found this to be extremely impactful for such a strong, masculine athlete as Doc is. He's showing that anxiety and mental health are important. Seeking help and support are important. And anyone can and should do it. This isn't weakness. This is the truest form of strength. It's downright inspirational if you ask me. Man, I've said I'm not really a Doc fan for say in the past, but I really do like and respect him the more you know the man behind the persona. I mean, this just goes to show you even the people that we think don't or would never struggle with mental issues, they do. It can happen to anyone. This might be Doc reaching out for help, and we as a community should be listening to this and do whatever we can to help. Not helping Doc, per se, but helping Guy, Guy Beam, the man behind the wig and the glasses. Now, you don't have to go live and share your feelings with thousands of others to show the same strength. Reaching out in private to your primary care doctor or seeking support online. In the U.S., maybe starting with the National Institute of Mental Health or your country's mental health agency. Hey, if you haven't already, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram so you can engage with us, as well as find out when we're streaming the podcast and get a first listen before it goes out across all podcasting platforms. So do it. Well, now that you mention it, there's no better reason than to hit us up on the social medias than the top questions of the week. So, Wally, with the launch of the new Xbox console, what game are you most excited to play on it? Well, at this point, I wouldn't buy a Series S, as my One X has more power than that. But the Series X, maybe for ray tracing in some games like Minecraft, maybe Flight 2020. I'm not sure they're going to bring ray trace versions to the console but it'd be pretty sweet on my 4k tv so if i do buy one of these it'll be for that sweet ray tracing for me i really want to play nba 2k 21 with the console supporting ray tracing i think this game is going to look more realistic than ever and i want to see how the game loads because i know on my 1s man it just loads so slow and i want to see the drastic improvements in load times that they've been talking about Okay, Dave, what's one thing you know now that you wish you knew when you started streaming? This is something I learned from Harris Heller, and that's to create content on other platforms while trying to build your streaming audience. 
I know that sounds like putting the cart before the horse because, you know, what are you going to create videos about? But let me challenge you with this. Why not create review videos on stuff that you already own? Or if you're a budget-minded streamer like myself, maybe you built or bought your gaming computer for like $300. That's something you could share as a YouTube video because people are always trying to find ways to build cheap gaming rigs. And there's tons of videos you can make. You know, just really try to be creative. How about you, Waldy? I think for me, there's a few things. First off, it's super nice to have a community of friends for streaming and gaming. Because gaming and streaming can be so social, it really helps with the stream interaction. Secondly, and I still fail on this, is have yourself a start a stream checklist. Check everything before you go live and right after you go live. I'm confident that every streamer has went live with audio issues, like not being able to hear their mic on stream or the game audio, or probably one of the more blatant stream violations is to not have a good audio mix for your stream. Having your audio mix and knowing how to adjust the balance is so key. Finally, a huge piece, I think, is just do it. Don't worry about every single detail being right or perfect. The biggest hurdle for me was just clicking that go live button. Seeing the human side might actually not be a bad thing. You might actually get someone to speak up and say, hey, your mic's muted. Now you make a connection with that person. But sure, you actually miss some people too. And some people come in and be like, hey... This nut job doesn't have his mic on, and, you know, now you have a missed chance. But it's also a lesson learned. All right, Waldy, last question. How do you choose the right mouse for gaming? Well, I do think you need to spend kind of a good amount on a decent mount. You're going to be in the $30 plus range for sure. And if you're buying a big name brand like Logitech, Corsair, Razer, generally you get what you pay for. There's some deals out there, though. I actually wore out my Logitech G602 wireless, which I really liked, but it didn't get much praise in the competitive gaming world. So I got myself a highly praised wired G502. I felt comfortable instantly with a similar shape and feel. I feel like I could connect with it right away. It feels right for me. I also got a great deal on it with an MSRP of 80 bucks. I got mine for under 30 at Best Buy, getting a special edition. Arguably uglier looking, but still packs the same sensors as the $80 version. It's also still got RGB. Wow. It's been really solid and I really like it, but I think there's kind of like not enough trade-off for me to go back to wireless. It's going to cost me about 100 bucks to get the same mouse wireless, and I don't really think that's something I need anymore. Um, but I do like that this mouse does have a couple extra buttons on it. And that makes it uh, a little bit handier in some of the fast moment, fast changes in the games. Yeah, for me, it's all personal preference. I like a good heavy mouse with a ton of buttons. I don't like to move my WASDs too far away from WASD. So things like holding control or shift are uncomfortable for me. So I program a couple of my mouse buttons to handle that. Push to talk is also a specific mouse button. So no matter what first-person shooter I'm playing, I'm always ready and don't have to fumble around to figure out where I'm at on my keyboard. So like you, I went with a Logitech G502 mouse, which I ended up getting on sale from Amazon for like 25 bucks on a Prime Day special. And what I can say is, and like you just attested to, the G502 series of mice is probably the number one series of mice I can recommend. Super comfortable, super customizable, and very durable. 
and let us know on social your favorite mouse or how you chose the right mouse for your gaming needs. Yeah, be sure to follow us as we love to engage with our community. We actually spent a bunch of time this week in Discord working with fellow friends and streamers as we prepare for our upcoming charity event. And that's going to be it for this episode, guys. Let us know on social media if you're getting the new NVIDIA card when they drop or you're going to wait and see what AMD has with Big Navi. Thank you guys for listening in. Consider our Patreon to support the podcast and also by going to merch.agamingmoment.com and picking up some of that sweet, sweet swag. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform and be sure to check back every Tuesday for new episodes. Until next time, keep grinding.